Welcome to another edition of Market Impact Insights, your podcast source for business leadership perspectives to help your business grow. Hear from experts in marketing, sales, business strategy, and more with practical advice for business success. Make sure you won't miss the latest episodes by visiting marketimpactnow.com. Now, here's your host, Dan Albaum. Welcome back, everyone, to another great episode of Market Impact Insights. Think about the impact of technology in your everyday life from the moment you wake up, your experience in your home. If you're working in an office, maybe you've got a home office. Technology, smarter and smarter devices that are more intelligent, that are interconnected. It's really changing the way we live our lives every day and 20 years ago, I was working at Cisco at the time, and something that was a really big concept that got a lot of attention was Internet of Things. And this concept about connectivity, smart device development, real-time data extraction. And so through that 20 years, we've just seen devices get smaller, devices get more intelligent. But at the same time, uh, it can be overwhelming in terms of how do we make that something that uh, enables us to be more productive? certainly from a work perspective in businesses and organizations, global teams trying to work together. How do we make this happen? You know, IoT devices are estimated to increase another 18% to 14.4 billion devices in 2023. By 2025, that might grow to as much as 27 billion connected IoT devices. By 2030, you know, we're going to be looking at just continued exponential growth, 400 IoT platforms are out there. How do we make sense of all that? And in the context of leading organizations, building organizations that build digital strategies that that just help people get more from all that, we're going to talk to Mark Westlake today. And Mark, for 25 years, has this incredible track record of building successful digital businesses. He knows all about digital strategies, this highly connected world. He's the founder, CEO of GearBrain, which is all about helping people make sense of devices from their homes to their cars to their offices. And he also knows a lot about building successful organizations through exceptional leadership. So we're going to get into his views of what separates exceptional from just good enough. Mark, welcome to Market Impact Insights. Thanks, Dan. It's great to be here. So I, I really want to start, you know, because your track record of just building all of these different businesses, that's an entrepreneurial passion that you have. And what really triggered that to go that route? Well, you know, it was years of building these businesses and working for founders and working for big companies and watching how we built these businesses. But the only ones making the money were the, the guys at the top, right? The guys who owned the business, who started the business. So I got tired of making money for other people. I wanted to do it for myself. So, you know, that's what I did. But but I had to come up with, you know, you just don't start it. I mean, you can just start a business uh, on your own. But I wanted to do something in the tech field. And I saw something. And I, I was pretty good at seeing things before they evolved or developed. And I saw the Internet of Things. And everybody, you're right. When it was coming out 20-something years ago, you know, it was all industrial IoT. 
And I saw no one was focused on the consumer. And I thought that was going to be the biggest challenge and the biggest opportunity. So I focused, you know, on, you know, I dug in to see what was going on. And I saw a lot of problems that nobody was addressing. And I knew they're only going to get worse if, unless somebody addressed it. Yeah. And when we think about devices, right, over the last 10 years, 20 years, they've all, they've gotten smaller. They've gotten more intelligent, everything from laptops to phones to televisions to appliances. I mean, just everywhere we look uh, to our cars. I mean, just everything uh, that is just becoming uh, more uh, exciting in, in one sense, but also can be overwhelming. What are some of the biggest challenges or opportunities, trends, as you look at that? You, you know, you're really good at looking at the future, predicting. What, what do you see uh, when you think about where this is all headed? You know, I, I see, you know, you're right. Everything is getting connected, you know, and, and it's funny, you know, when I see, you know, when I hear people talking about why do I want my washing machine connected, right? What Or why do I want my refrigerator connected, right? And, I, and, and everything is connected for a couple reasons. One, it's for ease of use. Two, it's supposed to save you money. Three, it could be, a, uh, you know, uh, an environmental savings, you know, and a benefit, you know, with all these devices, you know, but like with appliances, it's kind of like, you're right. Do I really need a, a, like a refrigerator with a tablet on it? No. And that's what people think of. What, it, what, what, is, what is nice is to have a refrigerator that can tell you and alert you, just like your car sends you an alert when there's something like a check engine light comes on. Imagine if your appliance did that. So that now you can call a repair guy. And he, instead of coming over and charging 75 to 100 bucks, whatever, to just look at it, right, and then comes back two weeks later with a part, you know, wouldn't it be great? You just call up a guy and he says, oh, let me check. And he dials in and he sees what's going on, just like your car mechanic dials in to your car, says, oh, you need this. I'll get this part. It's going to cost you X. Okay, great. Then you can call the next guy and you can shop around. So you could, you know, there's a lot of savings and a lot of benefits to these devices, but the biggest challenge is all these is interoperability. Everybody's been talking about interoperability. It's a big, big issue. Meaning, and and what that is is all these devices work on a wireless connection. There's so many different wireless connections. There's low RAN. There's Wi-Fi. There's Bluetooth. There's Z-Wave, Z-Wave and Zigbee. Now there's a new protocol that's coming out called Matter, which is coming out from the Connectivity uh, Standards Alliance, the CSA, which is basically, you know, uh, a protocol that allows you to bring a device home like an, an Apple or a Google mm-hmm. and have it talk to an Amazon product or a Google product, which is great. But not everybody's going to go onto the same platform. Just like no one really moved over to Z-Wave or Zigbee when it first came out or, or Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. They're all going to be these different connectivities and interoperability is a big challenge. And the consumer is adding, you're right, more and more devices are coming into the home, into the workplace. And the challenge is, how do I get unified control? How do I have one app or one way to control these devices? And how do I make it simple and easy? And that's the biggest challenge right there, because we've just seen connected devices in the home go from 8 to 16 in a year. All right. And it's only going to get more complicated as your TVs become more of a hub, your you can have your appliances connected. You can have your car connected to your house, to your office. You got wearables now. Uh, it's just going to be really confusing. And there's got to be a better way to solve it than, you know, because right now it's really, really hard to find stuff online. You know, Apple, uh, Amazon and Google are good. 
if you like to browse, but if you want to spend a lot of time and effort, there's got to be a better way. And that's kind of why that was the motivation for me to do what I'm doing is, is to really make it easy for the consumer. All right. Cause we saw with Amazon, when it came out with the echo plug and play, you bring it home, you plug it in, it works, you know, it was no problem, you know, but right now you can't do that. It's too complicated and we got to make it easier. Yeah. Now we've been talking a little bit about uh, personal examples or in the home, but also, Mark, how do you see this extending into uh, workplaces, you know, where people are, are in interconnected teams? Is there is there just a, a direct correlation there? Or are there some different considerations when you think about uh, organizations trying to conduct business versus the home experience? I, yeah, it's going to be really interesting because, you know, think about it now. We're we're. I had heard about five or six years ago that uh, there was some report, I don't know where, I could be wrong, but I had heard about in the next five or 10 years, we're going to have 40% of the workforce will be remote, right? It might even be higher now, right? And then the pandemic, we all work from home. And now people are trying to get, you know, go back into the office because there is a culture, there is a corporate culture issue, with companies right now is how do you now feel, get people to feel like they're part of a a company, especially young people who've never experienced the work, the work, uh, the office life kind of thing. So, you know, with people working remotely and coming in and everything, having technology to connect everybody, make it easier. So we know what everybody's doing and everybody's communicating, I think is key, you know, and, and it's blending over. So I think, I think you could have two controllers in your life. You're going to have a controller for your personal life and you're going to have a controller for your work life, you know, uh, and it's going to go with you no matter where you go. It's, I've always said we're all going to have a Jarvis from, uh, from Iron Man, <laughs> you know, it's, you know, and if you think about Jarvis, it ran the house, it ran the car, it ran the suit. So it was a wearable, yeah. it was in the car, it was in the home. So I think we're all going to have that at some point, um, you know, and that's kind of what the whole voice is, but it's not there yet. It'll, it'll come though. It's slowly coming. Uh, and that's where I think you're going to have to have this balance, but it's going to be integrated. You know, all these devices are connected and you're going to want to be able to do it easily. You want to make sure it's simple to set up. And right now it's not. Yeah. Now you m- mentioned the importance of culture and kind of impacting this whole dynamic, uh, of remote versus return to office. Now, one of the hardest things for any company founder is building a strong, healthy and sustainable culture for the business that they have founded and that they're growing. What have been some of the keys for you to do that? You've been through that cycle. Um, what, what about establishing that kind of a culture? Uh, how do you do it? Yeah, well, what I, I've, I'm a big believer of what I call the three C's, which is communication, creativity, and commitment, right? And I kind of run the business along with those lines, uh, along with what I learned. There's another saying I have is do what you're supposed to be doing when you're supposed to be doing it to the best of your ability and have fun. Right. So if you think about those things and you communicate with everybody, there's no, no hidden, you know, always keep everybody informed of what's going on and keep them connected. All right. Have people come up with, you know, you know, encourage creativity. You know, don't just think I, being the founder, I have all the answers. No, I, I always ask for people's opinion. You know, if they come to me with a problem, the first question I'm going to ask them is, well, what do you think? What would you do? 
you know, so we could start, you know, have them be part of the process. And then the commitment, feel part of something, you know, they got to feel part of they're building something there. It's something special. And when you combine those things with doing what you're supposed to be doing, when you're supposed to be doing it to the best of your ability and you have fun, it works. It's worked all along my career, you know, of where, whether yeah. it's at out about or how stuff works or, you know, tech media network or perch, you know, it's worked and it's continued to work at, at my company right now. Yeah, it's really interesting uh, that this whole dynamic seems to have changed in the mindset of especially the next generation of workers coming into organizations where the expectations are greater at their end, right? This isn't just about being grateful. Oh, uh, the corporation has given me a job. They're paying me, uh, you know, every couple of weeks uh, for what I do. and, And we're kind of in this contract. But now there's this expectation of, is there a social purpose, right? And impact um, that I really believe in. So back to your commitment in those C's, people are making conscious choices. And if they don't feel committed, uh, more and more are walking away, aren't they, uh, from that? And they're saying, I demand and expect more and I'm going to hold to a high standard and I'm going to move on if I don't feel like my current company is living up to that. Totally agree. You know, I see it. My wife and I have five children. Uh, and, but my youngest now is, uh, is 25. Right. And I look at his, uh, ability to do things. Uh, and it's interesting, you know, he's got this, uh, you know, uh, thing about, you know, unless I'm part of something, he, he, he's like, I won't do it because I don't think it, you know, I don't, I don't believe in it, which is really interesting. And, and all my kids have grown up with my businesses and the technology. It's, you know, I've kind of used them as kind of a test bed, but he's yeah. the interesting one because it is a different time today. You know, I mean, you tell these young people, you know, uh, you know, coming into the workforce, you know, if you work hard, you're going to, you could achieve X, Y, and Z. And within a certain period of time, they'll work hard, but be prepared when you reach X, Y, and Z, they're going to come to you and say, well, I've done everything you asked. What's next? You know, I should get promoted now. Right. And, and that's the interesting thing, you know, they have a different dynamic, uh, a different work ethic. So how do you blend that in with what we have today and what we've built? And then you throw the pandemic. It's very, very challenging. So I think that's part of the review process, uh, interview process is bringing people on who believe in what you're doing and the way you're doing it. And, and, and having this exchange, I think is critical. Yeah, I mean, with that that change in just expectations and the mindset of that generation, uh, the newest generation of workers, you know, in my recent book, The Impact Makers, you know, the whole premise is um, there's this philosophy of servant leadership as a leadership model. And the servant leadership is really, as the leader setting ego aside, moving away from a command control mentality into one of more of an empowerment and enablement mentality, you know, in terms of your purpose and value as a leader is to remove obstacles and really lift your team to enable them to reach that full potential. That feels just much more in line now with what you're describing in terms of this highly ambitious um, and aspirational kind of mindset, right? With this next generation. Absolutely. You know, it's, I've heard companies say this where they look to hire athletes, right? Uh, Especially high performance you know, college athletes, because they understand, you know, the challenges, they, the work ethic, you know, working hard pays off and, and, you know, being part of something, being part of a team. And, you know, it's, you know, I think it's, it, it, today it's, 
you know, it's really important because, you know, these are the people that are used to, you know, under fire, you know, got to make split decisions real quick, uh, move fast and, and, you know, enjoy the, enjoy the, uh, the competition. You know, they, you know, it's like a sales guy who, you know, played, you know, sports is kind of like, you know, okay, I lost this one, but I'm not going to lose all of them. So I'm going to keep going until I, until I hit it, you know, and, and that's kind of that mentality. You're right that, you know, having a leader who's picking them up because that was one of the things I used to tell my sales guys, you know, if you are, you know, um, a 300 hitter, right. You go on 10 sales calls and you close three, which is incredible. You know that's that's that that's fantastic, but you're getting rejected seventy percent of the yes. time. So that over time wears on you, and that's the thing is you gotta pick yourself up and having someone there to you know dust you off and, and encourage you. I think is critical, especially today with with working from home and you know a lot of time. And if you're starting a business, it's even more challenging because you know you're used to turning around and looking for help and you don't see anybody. <laughs> Right. How do I pick myself up? You know, and, and, and that's where your advisors and your board and, and, and your clients, you know, working closely with them. But you, that line, and that goes back to my three C's communication. You gotta have, be talking to mm-hmm. everybody, yeah. you know, and that, that helps you mentally and, and it also could reward you financially. Yeah. Yeah. Being available is, is so important. And of course, as a leader, the other, critical thing is making sure that there's a strategy uh, that is understandable that people can kind of rally behind and really get and they can see how they contribute to that and you know you've obviously set strategies for a number of these high growth businesses so mark going through that and kind of looking at at your experience at at strategy development what has really been uh, a critical moment for you where you had to actually step back and maybe just do a pivot because, you know, things, the world is changing so fast, nothing is set in stone. Right. And so we have to have the ability to adapt, pivot. What has that been like for you? It's, it's challenging. And, you know, especially it's really, really challenging when you're doing something no one has ever done before. Right. So, you know, and, and I've seen this, you know, like bigger, more established companies. Yeah, you can pivot your, your maybe your 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 processes or there's got to be a better way to do this. And you kind of get everybody's consensus, get everybody's buy in. But when you're doing your own business and stuff and you're coming up with something that's never been done, like, for instance, for us, you know, I start off with a content site. And what I had to do is after three or four years. I wasn't getting the traction. So I I had to come up with a better way to help solve the consumer's problem. And I recognized that nobody had ever combined a search engine with a pro with a content site and a Q&A platform. So what we did is we went out and built this platform and I got a patent for compatibility find engine or an IoT configurator, which is basically the ability to search for compatibility of two or more products across a single ecosystem. So in other words, if you have a smart home security system and a smart light and you want to add smart locks so that when you come home, home, you can unlock the doors. And when you arm the system, it can lock. You can keep track of all this stuff through one app. You tell us the our 
platform allows you, you tell us what devices you have, and then we'll show you all the locks that are compatible that can do those things. We'll also show you how to do it. We'll have videos there and information. And you can ask questions to experts and everything and store product information. So it's a platform for one-stop shopping that no one's figured out how to do that we figured out how to do. You know, but I had a, I had a change going from just a content play to more of a technology. So we're kind of went from a B to C company to a B to B to C, and and the opportunity is probably more on the B to B side. You know, and and it's just and it, and it all goes back to simplifying and solving the original you know thing about interoperability. But I think you know businesses have to make. I had to make some hard decisions, and I had to you know cut back on costs in one area to put more attention and more effort into another area where I saw the growth area. And then, and then you know working with your board, working with, or advisory board or your team, I think is really critical to to make sure because you'll have especially as a startup, you're going to have limited resources, and you got to do proof of concept. All right, and then once you get your proof of concept, then you have to have an MVP. You got to do all these things real quick. And the best part is you got to do it with no money, <laughs> you know, or figure out a way to do it and get someone else to pay for it. And then eventually, once you have that proof of concept, then you can start to grow, you know, but it is, it's, those are critical decisions and, you know, and really hard decisions as a, as a founder, you know, is like, okay, look, we're going down this path and it's a great path. Everybody gr- agrees it's a great path, you know, but. You know, sometimes you might have to, you know, change direction and go right, left, right, left to get to the end end goal versus just going straight. Yeah, it takes uh, real uh, intestinal fortitude uh, and courage to make those tough decisions, right? And just uh, do, oh, yeah. do the pivot when you've been kind of in a pattern or on, down a path. So definitely part of leadership. So thinking about your leadership journey, Mark, you know, in, in having uh, built and grown and been a part of these, these various businesses, what has that journey been like for you in terms of growing into being an exceptional leader versus just good enough? What are, what are some of the keys you think that, that you've learned now that says, you know what, to stay and to be exceptional, this is what I got to do as a leader? I think it goes back to the commitment side of it, showing people, you know, when, when people see that, look, you know, I remember going into sales organizations and say, look, I feel your pain, salespeople, right? I've I've carried a bag for 10 plus years. I know what it's like getting rejected. I know how hard it is, you know, to make sales calls and get meetings and do all these things and so forth. You know, I'm sympathetic. But then I also tell people you can't BS me, you know, because I know all the tricks in the world because I've done them, you know. So so let's let's take that barrier down and let's work together. And I think that's been, you know, having people see that you've been in their shoes and you understand is critical. Having them to buy in that. Look, this guy knows what he's talking about. This guy's done it. He and, you know, he's he's not afraid to pick up the phone and make a call. You know, there's so many leaders that go, you should do this. You should do this. Whereas I'm more of the thing, oh, you need help? Where do you need help? Let me figure out. I'll call this guy. I'll call that guy. Because, you know, that's the thing is working, collaborating are critical uh, characteristics of a leader. You know, they have to be willing to do the things to help their team. All right. And if they don't, you're going to have, you know, disconnect. And that disconnect is going to cause problems. You know, and you're going to lose out on the third C, the commitment. People won't be as committed anymore and won't work as hard. So that's where the whole communication, creativity, and commitment all come together is showing people that, you look, I'm willing to roll up my sleeves and can do this with you. 
you know like right now i write content i do i do a lot of different things it helps me learn a lot about the business but at all, and, and where we need to grow and what the challenges are. But I think that's also important for a leader. You know, they got to really get into the weeds without having it distract them and having people come back to me. You're too much in the weeds, right? You got to yeah. figure out what's that happy medium. Yeah. And, and what you're talking about of, of getting into the weeds is not from the standpoint of micromanagement, which would be more that command control right. mindset. <laughs> You're back to servant leadership, which is, hey, I want to get in the trenches with you and I'm rolling my sleeves up and I'm here with you, not here to direct you and to scrutinize right. every move that you're making. I think that's an important distinction. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, you know, you gotta, if, that comes with experience, you know, it comes with, uh, uh, you know, being there, doing it and understanding, okay, when to cut it, when to, you know, and being able to recognize the signs of when you have to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Now in my book, I also devote an entire chapter to the power of relationships, building these authentic, trusted relationships. How has that aspect um, of your journey, um, what's made a difference there in terms of your relationship building? Oh, it's, it's, it's the relationships are the most important part of, of, I think, uh, any business, you know, having relationships, whether it's with clients, whether it's uh, your uh, advisors, your board, your, you know, just clients and customers, you know, it's, it's so important because you really can get, you know, different inputs that help you manage your business and manage expectations. You know, I mean, being able to call somebody up, I remember when the internet first started, you know, all the heads of sales of all the big digital companies, we used to get together. And a lot of times agencies used to send these RFPs, right? Requests yeah. for proposals. They'd send these things and I'd call up guy in charge of iVillage or CBS market watch or something, the friend we're all friends and, but we're all competing for the business. And we would like, are you going to take this RFP? I'm not taking it. You know, which is yeah. some people say that's collusion. I said, no, we're just uh, we're, we're just discussing whether or not this should work or we should do this or is they out of their minds and stuff. And because that's a piece of information that I can bring to my boss. And yeah. when he hears these other people, it's a lot easier for him to take it to his boss, you know, managing up. Right. So, mm -hmm. yeah. but who would have thought, I mean, back then you would never have put the head of sales for ABC television, uh, NBC television and CBS television in the same room and have them have drinks together and go play golf and do whatever. You would never have that in the internet. You did. It's kind of diluted a little bit because we've in, in the internet today, it's diluted a little bit because you have a lot of, a lot of things have gone automated, so things have changed. Uh, but you still have a good camaraderie of people that you know work together, who are, are you know who are competing with each other, but also communicate with each other. So I think those relationships can mm -hmm. provide uh, you know added benefit. Uh, but for me, those relationships were critical for helping me grow these businesses because it helped me understand what everybody else was thinking, so that we could make the right decision for our business and our yeah, customers. That makes a lot of sense, and. Speaking of uh, connection and guidance, uh, I want to shift over and ask you, what's the best piece of business advice you've ever received? Um, don't give up. You know, when you believe in something and you strongly believe, uh, you know, and you, you've, you've got consensus and everything, don't give up. It might, you know, the, the one thing that, you know, they told me is you never know how long it's going to take. 
you know, but don't give up, right? It's kind of, you know, to me, you know, my company has been around for a number of years. We've pivoted and everything, but, you know, and it's been challenging at times, uh, but I didn't lose focus. You know, I, I didn't lose the commitment and I really do believe in something. And when you believe in something and you want to do it, do it, you know, because you be, if you believe in yourself and you don't give up, you'll be successful. And if you look at all the successful you know, entrepreneurs and, and, you know, guys who've built businesses, which I have a tremendous amount of respect for because it is so hard, you know, you know, there'll be days that you're going to say to yourself, oh, why am I doing this? You know, oh, and you just can't give up. You just got to stay the course. You got to stay focused and you got to stay committed and work hard, you know, and if you do those things, you'll be successful. It's just a matter of time. Yeah, there's this phrase out there that has always resonated with me, which is attitude is everything. And as you were talking, yeah, yeah. it really does come down to that in those moments of truth where how much do you believe in yourself and, and have the staying power? You know, I've listened to a lot of these businesses, like even Elon Musk has been bankrupt twice, or I've heard stories, people who built their business that, you know, down to their last dollar and all of a sudden they got funding or they got an advertiser, they got something, you know, that's, you know, you hear a lot of those because those people didn't give up, right? And they had the commitment and, and the focus that they needed to get it done. You know, and I'm a bit, and that's kind of what we're doing. That's the way we've, uh, re I run the business is we're not going to give up. You know, if we have to make some slight changes here and there, pivot a little bit, we will, you know, uh, but we know we have a great idea and we know we have, uh, the backing of the industry. It's just a question, putting it all together. Mm -hmm. Now, Mark, I know you're always looking forward. You're great at anticipating, mm -hmm. uh, those, um, uh, shifting uh, trends and, and really trying to be ahead of the game on that. But when you look to the future, what makes you optimistic? Um, I think it's the, you know, the way the business, the way we're moving, connecting things, I think is getting better. Uh, at CES this year, there wasn't any earth shattering you know, crazy ideas. I mean, uh, you know, technology, there was a lot of new technology that came out that has been in the works that is now actually coming to real life. Right. I think what the appliance, like smart appliances, I think is a good example. All right. So there's a, there's this trade association called the home connectivity Alliance, and it's the manufacturers of smart TVs, HVAC systems, and smart appliances. And they've gotten together to figure out a way to have all their devices work closely together in terms of the app. Right. So in other words, you can have a Samsung refrigerator, talk to an LG, uh, mm -hmm. Uh, washing machine. So you can get alerts to, to either app, you can manage it and so forth, right? So they're pretty, they're solving for interoperability for the devices and, and the appliances that are in your home that most likely you're not going to take when you move, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, so, and when you start to think about that, you know, that's really interesting. It's not, it's not real flashy or, you know, innovative or anything, but it is innovative when it, you get everybody talking to cloud, but it's the simplicity and being able to solve the, the problem for the consumer, uh, you know, making sure everything just works together. So I think, Organizations like that coming to market and moving quickly with and getting the manufacturers all together. Because think about it, you got LG, Samsung, and on these this trade association all working together, which goes back to what I was saying before, all the heads of the internet got yes. together. You know, it's a, that's what's happening. And I see that and I'm like, this this is good. 
this is really good, you know, and 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 how they are going to interact with all these different wireless protocols. It's the consumer doesn't care. What the consumer wants is ease of use and unified control. Right. If you provide those two things, they'll buy it all day long. Right. And show them how to do it. And that's kind of the that's the role that we're going to help play and help manufacturers. We're going to help everybody come together to be able to do that. Uh, but I'm starting to see the commitment now from these big organizations on a global level. It's not just U.S. It's global. Uh, so that that would that makes me optimistic about all right. This we're going in the right direction. We're moving. It's like everybody else, you want to move ten times faster, but we'll get there, you know. And it's going to benefit everybody. So it's still it's it's still evolving, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think you know there's some interesting technology that's going to be coming. That's going to be really interesting. Well, that's really encouraging. Do you have any final advice? for business leaders that are looking to take the performance of their teams to another level? Uh, my advice would be make sure you got everybody's, you know, I, I, I would go back to my three C's, make sure everybody's committed, but more importantly, make sure you're communicated what, uh, what the commitment entails, right? What do you want, you know, your team to do what, you know, and put real lo- realistic goals in front of people. Right. You know, whether you're a salesman or accounting or whatever, put realistic goals. And there's so many times when organizations go out and say, look, we did this last year and you did this. You know, we need you to do this. Right. Where it's better to say people, look, this is what we did last year. Right. And, you know, uh, we I need you to go from here. I need you to go from A to be and here's how we're going to get there right and then ultimately we want to get to c but we got to get to b get people on on a step process to the ultimate goal because if they can't see how to get to the goal they ain't going to deliver the goal right and that to me is the most important thing with performance-based teams you got to get these guys to buy into what you're doing and then also get them to buy into where you're going right and how we're going to get there because if you can't if they don't believe in it you're going to have a lot of distractions and and a lot of problems. Well, Mark, thanks again for joining today, sharing your leadership journey in all of these successful digital businesses and helping get all of us a little more excited about uh, the continuing potential of these billions and billions of devices. (laughs) They're in our homes, uh, they're in our car, they're at work. How is this going to continue to make our lives better? Thanks for just inspiring us. Well, thank you for having me. I hope it was helpful and um, hopefully people will use GearBrain and we could solve everybody's problems, you know, uh, over the next couple, many, many years to come. And a reminder to everyone to please continue to give the gift of feedback on how we can continue to make this podcast even better. You can go out, rate and review very easily on all the major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And as always, Make sure to visit marketimpactnow.com for the latest in business leadership perspectives. So long until next time.